Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's show. It is an off episode. It is a uh, or an odd episode. It's not odd, but it's an odd numbered and that means that we are going to answer your questions today. Now, for those who aren't familiar, just to start off here, uh, questions come through at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. You can leave a voice question, which is not very popular, but I like it. Or you can leave a, uh, a written question uh, using that contact form. It comes to my email. And then when I get ready to do one of these podcasts, I open it up. It really is that simple. I read the questions. I uh, give you my best answer, and I tell you where you can probably go to find more help. And so uh, the sponsor generally of that part of the show is Learn Stage Lighting Labs. But I also want to talk to you guys before that about our Patreon, because, hey, today we've got a lot of questions lined up uh, to answer. I don't know if I'm going to get through them all. I just got to say my voice has been a little shaky this week. I might lose it and have to stop in the middle. Um, we're just going to have to see. You know, I've been hitting hit with some like weird seasonal allergy stuff. It has rained a ton here in Nashville. And that is probably where it comes from. There's a lot of bugs. And uh, this past week or so, has, I've really gotten hit with a lot of seasonal allergies, including a weird face rash thing that wants to come and go as it pleases. So um, understand my voice isn't top notch today, but it's going well. So also, um, if you would like actually to hear this podcast, to hear the question and answers twice a month and um, hear the podcast as a whole four times a month, then I would invite you to check out our Patreon at learnstagelighting.com slash Patreon. That's a way that, especially if I answered your question here on today's show, you can go ahead and just throw a few bucks at me each month. And, you know, it's not like Learn Stage Lighting Labs where you're going to pay more, but you're going to get access to a lot of stuff. But rather, it's just a way to say, hey, I enjoy what you're doing here, David. I understand it takes not only your time, but your assistance time, cost to upload cost to um, host the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. And I want to help out. And so if, if we can get some more people on there, that would be super awesome. I know last week we gained some people, which was great. Just want to say a big shout out to my patrons actually here. Let's uh, pull up all of your names here real quick, including patron number one, Taz. Yeah. Uh, and Wesley, Sylvain, Kristen, Gwen, Jeff, Dennis, and Craig. You guys are all awesome. Obviously, um, I'm only supposedly uh, for $10 and up are the only ones that I'm going to supposedly announce, but um, there are different levels. You can get some cool different things, including um, like a month of learning stage lighting labs, some exclusive learning stage lighting stickers um, and more. So I would love uh, to see more of you guys out there. We've been growing and that's great. Um, if we can grow a little more, we can get this podcast back four times a month. So let's answer your question. Stop this blabbling and talk about lights right now. This all, all this is important because ultimately, you know, I I sit on the fence about advertisers, okay? And I'm considering, if Patreon doesn't really grow much more, I'm considering just going for the podcast like a pure advertiser route. Um, but at the same time, I want to make sure that, and, and I don't want there to be any like weird, you know, conflicts of interest. Like, I want to be able to say, for example... Um, say, you know, ADJ or Alation becomes one of my sponsors, okay? Because you guys know I work with Onyx a lot and I love their software, okay? And, and they make great lights too. But say somebody writes in and they're looking at a Blizzard light or a Chave light 
Um, and let's use Chave for the example because Blizzard distributes the Light Shark console, which is another one that I cover. So somebody recommends a Chave light, or I see someone asking for something, and I say, you know what? There's a Chave light that's perfect for this. I want to make sure that I have the freedom, the full freedom to be able to say, you know what? Um, Chave is your best bet for this. And it feels a little weird if, like, Elation was sponsoring the episode, if I were to go in within that episode and say, hey, you know, you should buy a Chave light. Um, And so it's always a tough balance being friends with the manufacturers, but also being able to keep an open and free mind because... You know, I think Elation and ADJ is making great stuff, but Chavez is making great stuff too. And I think most people that work at either company would acknowledge that um, because we have a friendly industry and that's something that's really cool. They're both making great stuff. Um, and so I want to be able to freely recommend both. And so that's why I've kind of steered away from sponsorships for the most part. Um, I know my brother listens at least sometimes because he's written to me about this. And, you know, he says for podcasts, he's kind of studied it in a lot of Podcast sponsorships work really well. So um, if we could stay away from that and do Patreon, I think that'd be cool. But I'm not against sponsorships either. Um, Of course, you can always go to learnstagelighting.com slash contact. Fill out that form. Let me know what you think about sponsorships versus uh, people chipping in on the Patreon. You know, it doesn't take much, really, to be able to fund this thing well. It it really doesn't. Um, And I would love to see some more folks there and, and continue to grow so that I can provide this stuff to you totally for free outside of my paid offerings um, through patrons. So with that said, uh, Tim writes in, first question here, I run lights for a small town theater. We do lots of kids musicals where we need the lights to change when an audio track is played. I currently use ADJ My DMX3. Um, It's great, but it's buggy and it's crashed. Okay, so (laughs) that's, yeah, Tim. Unfortunately, Tim, that is the story I have heard so many times about My DMX. It stinks because, yeah, it seems like a great program on the surface. And this is a program that, if you're not familiar, it's not made by ADJ directly. The software is not. Um, it's made by a German, I believe, company that licenses software to other companies and sells it on their own. And they all have this problem. Like, there is, you know, sometimes it's not buggy from the get-go, but a lot of people find that as they, you know, move through time and, um, you know, continue to use this thing, it gets buggy and it stinks. So um, overall, it's good, but you're looking to swap to Onyx, but you don't know if you can um, trigger, you don't want to have to press lighting and audios go at the same time. In Onyx, is there a way to put a MIDI command in a lighting queue to send a go command to another software to play an audio track when that lighting queue is played? Awesome. Great question, Tim, because um, I actually, inside, if you're looking for more info, um, inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, I do have a whole action plan called automatic and live, which is all about triggering lights and audio all together in sync. Um, And so you'll find a lot of these answers here in the exact how-tos. But on the Onyx side, um, generally in Onyx, Onyx does not output MIDI. It does not send MIDI commands. However, all is not lost because what Onyx does do is Onyx can receive a Go MIDI command, okay? And so this is where, you know, it kind of becomes a chicken and egg conversation, right? Because you can either have um, the lighting console, Onyx, in this uh, this, um, case. You can have your lighting console go ahead and trigger the audio. Or you can have the audio go ahead and trigger the lighting. And so that, in this case, is exactly what we're going to do. 
we're going to have probably an Onyx uh, audio triggering MIDI, triggering a specific MIDI note, which then can be set up in Onyx as a, as a macro and then can fire a certain cue list or a particular cue or uh, there's a lot of options there. So I would look up, I would go to the Onyx manual, uh, which is available inside of the software or at support.obsidiancontrol.com and look up the cue list macros um, and the MIDI ones in particular. And I've got a complete guide on how to do this, different ways to trigger it inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs. As I've mentioned, you can learn more about that at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. But I would use something like... Um, QLab is a great one, or um, Show Q Systems, I think, is the Windows one. Um, but QLab is a very popular Mac program for doing stuff just like this, for automating multiple show control elements, such as lighting, audio, video as well, and doing it all together in time at the same time. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can use it, and it's really powerful. And QLab is cool, actually. It's at uh, figure53.com, I believe, is their website. Um and they, they make QLab, and it's really cool because um, it's going to allow you to really customize that playback, and they allow you to rent it, which is perfect for a kid's musical, you know, something that's short-term, because you can rent it for like $4 a day. I mean, it's ridiculous. It even has a lighting element, um, and so it's like four, it's like, there's like lighting, audio, video, and each is $4 a day. But you may just need the audio one because that can trigger the send the MIDI to trigger Onyx, and so it's literally four dollars a day, and then that credits you build up credit towards a purchase, um, and and it's a dollar per dollar credit. So if you rent a hundred dollars worth of QLab, that's credited toward a later purchase. I think it's six hundred dollars. So um, that's that's definitely something to look at. Um, Onyx or Adam, <laughs> Onyx. Adam said hi. I had left a message on your YouTube regarding Stage Light Company's products uh, that I did a few years ago. Since the video is older, you may not have seen it. Okay, I may have seen this and replied it, but whatever. I check the YouTube comments about once a week. Um, how do I compare their Pro Par Hex 12 to a Chauvet DJ Slim Par Pro H and ADJ's 12PX Hex fixtures? In paper, they all seem to be close competitors. I have uh, other fixtures by Stage Light Company, and they are great. Just trying to figure out if the $90 price increase of Chauvet or ADJ will be worthwhile or wasted away. Alternatively, I could uh, say more and try to find some usulation six parts. Okay, so Adam, um, truth be told, you know, though they vary in spec a little bit, and I actually remember just doing a quick look at this, um, to the naked eye, you know, even if you're looking at them side by side, you're not going to see a ton of difference between these, Okay. In fact, this actually brings a good point that I think I copied and pasted into my notes here, a question later that's going to get into, which is, you know, you've got these, you've got color mixing LEDs, right? We started with RGB ones and you can still buy those today. And then there's ones that add amber and white and UV. And, you know, I got to tell you, especially with the white and amber, UV is kind of a, you know, an add-on. It's a little separate, but especially with the white and amber, um, I would rather have like a higher quality light that just had red, green, and blue than a cheap bottom of the barrel light that had the white and amber. Because like good RGB LEDs can make just as many colors as cheaper RGB white ambers. Now, this doesn't really answer your question at all. Um, what the difference is between these lights here 
is the fact that Stagelight Company, who who let me borrow one of those units a few years ago and check it out and review it, and I'm thankful to them for that. Um, they are one of those companies that they're an importer, just like Chave or Olation, where they've contracted with you know a company overseas who's making these things and shipping them over. Somebody like Chave or Olation's going to potentially have their own factory or potentially use contract manufacturers um, and, and just really monitor their quality. And somebody like Stagelight Company is going to do the same thing. They're going to contract somebody overseas um, to make them. They're going to check up on the quality and they're they're going to be able to import these things. So really the main difference between the two and why I kind of dig the Stagelight Company stuff is that you're able to get it at a little bit of a lesser cost because Stagelight Company doesn't really do any marketing um, and they only have a few models. And so they can keep their margins much leaner. You know, somebody like ADJ or Chave, they're great, okay? And they've got fully staffed support lines where you can call and they help you really well. Um, I'm not sure what Stagelight Company's support is like, but I bet it's probably not quite as good as Chauvet's. Like you may be able to email them or get a call back or something, but it's not like Chauvet where, you know, I've literally called in their tech support and 20 minutes later, I'm off the phone, they fix my problem and it's done, you know? Uh, and that that probably, I'm not, I'm not saying I've ever called Stagelight Companies, so I don't know, but I don't know how many full-time staff members they have, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, I'd recommend the Stagelight Company stuff, especially if you've got some already. Um, you're not going to see that much of a difference between the Chave or ADJ or even the used six, six pars. You know, the six pars has been a good unit by Alation. You just got to be careful, um, especially with a lot of these LED pars. If they have a lot of years on them or a lot of hours, you'll start to see power supply failures. That's the first thing that goes in most LED lights. And so the wear and tear actually does matter. Um, and so while you might save some money with a used delation, it may also have a lot of hours on it, depending on how it was used, which you're not really going to be able to tell, right? Even if it looks like it's in like new condition, it could have been, you know, inside of a lobby running 24-7 for four years. Um, or it could have been turned on once a week for Sunday services at a church, you know? So uh, I recommend either. Um, I've kind of listed out the pros and cons here, but that's why, you know, I like to partner with little importers like Stagelight Company once I've seen them around for a while and I know they're not going to go away tomorrow because they're able to, you know, bring in at a little bit of a lower margin um, some lights that get, get you a better deal. Um, and, you know, they just don't spend a lot of ton of money on marketing. And so, it, you know, helps you get a better deal on the light. Um, I'm totally good with any of those options, though, as I've kind of said here. Steve wrote, hey, I need a suggestion on a free 3D visualizer that I can use to help our pastor and worship leaders see what can be done with Onyx. I intend to use Capture with the implementation, implementation of Onyx if approved. I need something better than Luminaire, which is a uh, iPad app for those who aren't familiar, to be able to set up consistent sharp lighting for our contemporary slash alternative worship. Um, for an idea, he mentions the lights they've got. Um, while they're approaching the third anniversary of the church this coming January, um, all consultants have told us we're not growing as a typical plant. Um, and so, so what are we saying here? We are aware of the flash in the pan risks to a plant and are amazingly blessed to avoid them. Typically Sunday attendance is between five and 600. Free visualizer is greatly recommended. I do IT for a living. So if someone can code it, I can figure out how to use it. Okay, Steve. So, you know, I would look at a couple things here. Okay. 
First off is I would just look at the capture demo because they've got some demo files out there. Onyx even has a free demo file that you can use. And while it's not going to model your sanctuary, it's going to be a high quality model where you can showcase some things. And, you know, you can explain. I think it's worth the time to explain to your worship leader and your pastor, hey, I want to do quality work. And you're asking for money. And so I don't think it's bad to say, hey, you know, I would love to show you this in our space, but that would cost more money. And I want to roll, you know, whatever costs I can into um, making sure that we're getting the best stuff for our space and not paying for 3D visualizations, okay? So that would kind of be my recommendation. Like, I I would use the capture. I would go to their download page and check out the demo version, and they've got some demo files that you can use, okay? And um, you can totally go ahead and, you know, use that and get some stuff out of it. It's just not going to be in your space. Um, so... You know, that's that's one option, right? Um, another option is you can look at the Camsys Magic Viz, the Magic Q Visualizer. This is obviously um, Chauvet's actual competitor to Onyx, um, but they have a, a visualizer. It's not the best-looking visualizer ever. It's not near as nice as Capture. The graphics aren't, the settings, it's harder to set up. But basically what you do is you patch your whole rig in the Camsys software, you send... Um, from the Onyx software, you send network DMX to the Campsys software, you patch everything the same, and you can get some basic visualization. You know, it's compared, if you look at it side by side with Capture, you know, the, the Campsys Magic Viz, it kind of looks like child's play, you know, and I'm not knocking them because it's totally free. Um, I think they're doing the best they can. They're improving it, but it is something that's free that they bundle with it. And so other than that, there aren't really any options out there. Um, from what I hear, you know, when I talk to people who are in this business, who are on the manufacturer end, who have either considered making their own visualizer or bundling capture or something like that, um, what they all tell me and say is that, look, making a 3D visualizer takes a lot of resources to make it visualize accurately and to keep it um, bug-free and not super resource heavy. Uh, and so, and to support all the lights that are coming out and make sure that you can visualize the aspects of those lights, like the gobos and the zoom and all that, the focus. And so it really is worth using a paid visualizer. And I would check out the capture demo version. You can't save, but you can open files, patch that same file in Onyx or use the Onyx demo file that comes with Onyx. And then you can start to demonstrate how some of, how, Onyx can do a better job. In fact, you could even use, just a thought, you could literally use a capture with a demo file on a computer. You could send Luminaire, have it send data, show what you can do in Luminaire. Then you can go with Onyx, show what you can do with Onyx, okay? Um, and so it's like, especially, I mean, yeah, you know, that's a good way to do it, and, and that would be free. So anyways, that's my approach, Steve. It's a little bit different than a lot of people have, but... Um, I hope that it works for you. Willie said, I'm considering getting a DMXS interface and Ableton Live Lite to run my, DMI, my DIY light rig. It seems so simple to use and quick to set up. One basic question, though, before buying the unit. Is this a good option for controlling lights with a live band that doesn't use click tracks? Most of the tutorials I see involve automated light show, and I will definitely... 
and I will definitely be using to follow along with a live band that can be a bit unpredictable. Any suggestions you have on this path would be greatly appreciated. I am still learning Onyx, but I have another tour coming up soon. I thought DMX this would be a good tool to go ahead and get some control over the moving lights and build some cool scenes. Thanks, Willie. Yeah, Willie. Um, absolutely, man. You know, if you're using Ableton Live Light, you're probably using some kind of tracks with a live band. But you can use DMX's um, totally on its own. Okay? It doesn't have to be... Um, it doesn't have to be used with Ableton or with a DAW. It can be used by itself, and they have a foot switch on it where you can trigger through scenes. You could also click them on your screen, or you can use MIDI to fire the scenes um, with, like, a MIDI controller. So... With DMXs, you know, obviously it's built to go along with music, but even if you put some scenes in order and just clicked through them on the foot pedal, or you go ahead and you, um, you know, maybe you go ahead and just click them on the screen, you know, there's there's different options as for control, um, but, you know, those are just kind of the options there. So, uh, yeah, you, you can totally do it, and for small bands, they love DMXs, and I've had so many small bands use it um, and people running lights for, for smaller setups with bands because it's just simple and easy to use. It's easy to understand. Um, it's easy to make your scenes, have them go with the music. And if later on you want to add some automation to some tracks, you can do that, but you don't have to. I have lots of people that don't um, that just run it live, and, and it works great for them. All right, let me grab a quick sip of tea here, and we'll be right back with Dominic. And Dominic says, I wanted to ask you if you have any experience with the ADJ Z-Move or the Z-Move RGBW. I was thinking about buying these for our church. Our truss is about 10 meters, okay, so 30 feet away from the stage. We'd like to use the Z-Move for normal front lighting. Yeah, Dominic, I would look at two things here, okay? Um, and I've crunched these numbers for a lot of people in the labs lately. And uh, I would just, you know, take a look at these. So I don't know if you have any lights already. To compare to and if you know what they are um, because that gives you something to work off of you know you can compare spec sheets but whether you got something now or not um, go ahead and look at the photometric charts that these companies like ADJ have on their, their page and look at um, the difference um, between what you've got now if you have anything and the ADJ Z move so what I've noticed is the Z move I'm just going to pull it up quick just so I make sure I don't say anything wrong. Yeah, it's a 200-watt warm white um, LED, okay? I like, and then the Z-Move um, RGBW is a 300-watt. And so at white, you know, these are going to be um, probably similar in brightness. I would say the, the non-color mixing one is definitely going to be a little brighter in white and a little better white, but... I've seen both of them uh, in the trade show slash demo environment, not in real life, but there at least. And I can tell you they look really good and they're really bright and having the motorized zoom and all the features they've got are really nice. Okay. Um, I would look at just comparing and looking at the specs um, between, I would look at the, the photometric data for, um, and they have data on this available on their website, um, including the test photometric test reports. That's a good one to look at. And you want to look at it, the zoom range you want to use um, for how big the circle of light is on the stage. You want to look at, okay, how bright is it in foot candles or lux 
when, when you get to your stage with that particular light. Um, just quickly, I'm looking at, um, they've got a number for five meters on the uh, Parsi move, the white one. And so what we know about light and what we know about um, physics is that um, if the double, if the distance doubles, the amount of light um, halves. And so it is 800 foot candles at nine degrees, um, a three foot beam. No, I would like something wider than that, David. Um, let's see here. Okay. With a six foot beam at five meters, it's about 173 foot candles. And so that tells me at 22 degrees, which is in the middle of its beam range. So that tells me that the rough, 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 rough numbers tell me that this could be a good unit for you. Um, the Parsi move, the non-color mixing one, the color one might work too. Um, there's a lot of variables, of course, and I don't have time here on the podcast. I'll do this for people in the labs um, at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. But you could also, you know, ask the same question to your local ADJ dealer. You can say, hey, this is how far the light has to throw because I don't know if that 10 meters away is the throw distance, like the, the straight line between a person's head on stage and the light. Or if that's like the floor distance, you know, how far if you were to take a tape measure on the floor from where somebody stands on the stage and where the light would hang above. Um, and so there's a lot missing here. But in general, this seems like it would be probably a good fit. You may even, depending on how much light you need, you may even be able to get away with the the par, uh, the Z100 par uh, 3K or 5K. Um, the 3K would match the par Z move. Uh, which is not as bright, but um, I tell you what, it, that thing punches and it's pretty it's pretty good and it's got changeable lenses too. So that's some stuff for you to look at. Um, I'm sorry I don't have a better direct answer just because, um, you know, it's there's a lot of variables here and I don't have all the info and or the time to, to really crunch the numbers properly. Um, Anthony says, hello, I've watched a lot of your YouTubes. Very thankful. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, consider Anthony being a patron as well as anybody who writes in here. Um, I, I don't want this to be pitchy all the time, um, but um, pitchy, that's with a P. Um, but um, just to clarify, I didn't say anything there that I didn't mean to. But, um, you know, like I'm doing this and I'm we're growing learn stage lighting right now and it's exciting. But, you know, obviously I can't work for free and I only have so much time in a given week to answer questions and stuff. And so if you want to see more of this and if you like that I answered your question here on the show you know, please really consider becoming a patron. Actually, um, Kari, when we email these people, um, remind me if I don't um, remember myself, we'll include something in the email to you guys. Um, I always email back all the people whose questions I answer. And, you know, just ask you to consider being a patron. Because even a couple bucks a month, you know, you you might not. And I know a lot of people who write questions in here. You guys don't have the funds to subscribe to Learn Stage Lighting Labs. Some of you do, some of you don't. But for just a couple bucks a month, you could help support us. And if enough people did that, I'd be able to do this twice as much and, and get to your questions because it looks like I'm going to have to cut off here a little early um, because I might lose my voice. So, sorry, Anthony, this isn't direct. That wasn't directed just at you, Anthony. That was directed at everyone. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm hoping you can answer my question. I'm working with Onyx and two Mac 250 Ontar lights. Ah, good light. Old light, but good light. Um, they have two gobo wheels. I know how to make presets for each gobo, but I can't figure out how to select two gobos at the same time while selecting presets. I can easily select two gobos at the same time um, on the encoder strip or the, the channel visualization thingy, as you called it. 
Um, but it seems I can only select one preset at a time when selecting Gobo presets. Is there a trick that you know of? Yes, there is. Okay. So basically in the profile for these lights and for a lot of lights, it's going to go ahead when you select a Gobo and it's going to turn red or activate or um, load the, the other Gobo wheel at zero or at open or at wherever it's at. So that um, when you record that preset, that second Gobo's in there at open so that you can't have two Gobo's in at the same time. Now, what you're trying to do, and I know what you're trying to do here, is called Gobo morphing, where you put two Gobo's on top of each other. And sometimes um, Gobo morphing, I think, technically um, would mean that you literally go from one Gobo full in focus, move the focus to the other Gobo um, completely, and, and completely not see the first Gobo. But truthfully, you can morph at any spot between the two, and that might be what you're trying to do. Layer two gobos on top of each other. It can look especially cool if you've got one gobo that's got colors in it and one that doesn't. Um, and even if you kind of go halfway and then start to bring in um, a color wheel, you know, like a split color, half between two color wheel segments on that Mac 250, you can get some cool stuff. So I get what you're trying to do here. So all you got to do is before you record that preset, or activate that preset, and then before you record over it to overwrite it, look at that second gobo wheel on the channel visualization uh, thingy, as you called it, the encoder wheel or the encoder strip, as it would be called. And look at that second gobo, because what's going on is that second gobo is getting loaded at zero and then recorded in that preset. And so all you got to do is right-click on that second gobo's channel. Um, if you're on a PC, that's, that's the best way to do it. And then you right click and it says, um, what does it say? Oh, bugger, I'm going to have to launch Onyx. But it'll say load or there's another option like clear, I think it says. Um, I apologize for mind blanking on exactly what it says when you right click uh, at the bottom of that strip. Or I think you can right click anywhere on the strip um, for that particular gobo. And then you can clear that and then you'll see it's not in the programmer screen anymore. And when you record it and overwrite that preset, you're going to need to overwrite or create a new preset um, because just merging only adds new things. When you do that, um, with the process of, of clearing out that second gobo, as I just um, kind of described to you, then you'll be able to layer those two gobos using the presets as you have desired. Awesome. Uh, Luke said, for consoles, what about the ETC Nomad student package? For $200, I can get two universes of output on ETC and Hog. I got to say, Luke, if you want to use an ETC or a hog, this is the cheapest way to get into it, okay? Um, but those aren't my favorites just because of the cost overall. To me, like, if you're in a theater and you want to use ETC, I get it. They build stuff just for the theater market. That's an area where I don't do as much teaching in, so I'm not as up on that. Um, then go with the Nomad student. But... You know, with Onyx, you could go out and buy for $200 a small Artnet node um, and be able then to, you know, like the Chauvet DMXAN or Onyx would like you to buy their NXDMX, which is literally the same cost as this. Or you could buy, um, you could find another Artnet node. You could find a used one even or SACN node. And you would get four universes of output for Onyx for that cost plus you can carry that node to any other console, um, like any physical console or any console that you've got licensed. Um, I do agree 
that the Nomad student package is a good deal, especially if you want to use a hog or ETC. It's probably the best deal out there, especially because if you're a student, you can only get this if you're a student, from what I understand. Um, but truth be told, those two consoles just they're just not even my favorite. Like I as I've studied them and I use them and I test out the new features and stuff, I just I think Onyx has a better, more user-friendly workflow um, than either of these. And I think for most applications, for people trying to get in with a professional-level console, you know, Onyx is a better a better fit. I really believe that. Now, if you're looking to program and to bring in show files or, you know, use your show file between your system as well as somebody else's hog, like maybe your school's hog or your school's ETC board, and you want to go between the two, between using your rig and using theirs and, and bring the show files back and forth, then you can't go wrong with it, right? I mean, if you're going to be using hogs all the time, then maybe you do want to hog as your personal console. On the other hand, and I, I think strongly about this, if you use hogs all the time or you use MAs all the time or you use ETCs all the time, I would for your personal rig, once you get comfortable on that, that hog or that MA or that ETC, I would go with Onyx or go with Camsys or whatever console you want to, but go with something different. Because I've actually found something really powerful, and this is not what you asked about, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, you know, I found something really powerful. That is that when you learn a second console and learn how that console works and get used to it, you start to rethink the way you use both consoles that you know. And I found that I became such a better programmer when I learned my second console because now I was doing things on one console that I hadn't done before on the other. And it gave me a reason to be like, wait, I want to figure out how to do this on the first console. And then on the first console, I would do things, can't figure it out on the second console. And I'd be like, hey, I want to figure out how to do this on the second console. And you get to learn the strengths of, of both platforms and you become a better lighting programmer because of it. So that's my recommendation there, man. Uh, you know, I, I think um, that, you know, it's a really cool idea um, to, to learn as much as you can. But um, anyways, I've answered that anyways um, pretty well as to, to when would be a good reason to go with the Nomad student, when it wouldn't, etc. So hopefully I can make it through these. Woo, we're getting near there. So Travis writes, we are a small private Christian school and we're looking for a way to color wash our backdrop for our upcoming musical. We have a large canvas drop um, and we have old park lights on rails. We'd like to go with LEDs instead of use um, you know, gels, obviously, because let me tell you, especially when you want good deep colors and you use gels, you're going to be changing them like every couple days, you know, and that's why you don't want to use gels um, for washing a psych anymore because it's just not worth it, especially the labor cost, uh, just changing all the stuff. I'm not sure what to get or if it's even in the ballpark right now. We have about 3500 to spend on a 20 foot by 20 foot backdrop. Any product suggestions? Yes. Um, let me look up a few just so that I'm on the right page about pricing. The first one that comes to mind here um, is the ETC Color Source Psych. Okay, this is a unit that they put out a year or two ago. It's an LED psych light that's um, really small, really compact, but kind of throws. Um, also, uh, you want to do whatever you can when you're washing a psych to not get other, not get front light and splash from your floor on that psych. This can be a little bit hard to do, but the better you can do at keeping light off the psych, then you can get a less bright psych light, right? Your, your psych light doesn't have to work as hard. So these guys here, um, let me see if it mentions, they can cover a pretty good sized psych. 
And I think, I mean, like I was thinking about the Blizzard. They have one called the uh, Psych Out. Um, and how much does that cost, David? We're going to Google it and find out. Um, and they're about a thousand bucks a piece. Um, and I'm trying to see if it mentions how wide or how big. So it's about a 60 degree beam angle. Um, and so depending on how far it was away, you might be able to cover it with a couple of these blizzard psych outs. Um, but these ETC color source psychs, and that's about the blizzard psych out is it's bright. Yeah. It's 256, three watt RGB LEDs. Um, and so, you know, a couple of those would probably work pretty well. Um, the, uh, the color source site is a gr psych is a great unit too. And, uh, you know, it's ETC will, um, warranty these, I believe for 10 years, um, which is going to blow obviously blizzards warranty, which is probably three, um, at out of the water. Um, and so, but these are still like a hundred Watts, these color source psychs. So I would look into them. I would look at the spec sheets that ETC provides of the color source psych and see if it could be a fit for you. You know, maybe you can only get two this first year. You talk to your dealer, you only have enough to buy two, and then maybe you add a third the next year. I don't know. Maybe you just rent them. You go find a theatrical uh, supplier uh, and you rent them, even if they have to ship them to you. Um, there's a lot of options there, but um, I would definitely look at renting as well. Of course, you know, something like the ETC LEDs, gosh, they've built their stuff just for theaters because they give you such a long warranty on this stuff. It's incredible. I mean, it blows me away. I think it's awesome what they're doing. Um, sure, their stuff's going to cost more. And so I don't always recommend it a lot here, especially for people that are setting up and tearing down all the time and, you know, just kind of want um, th those kind of lights, you know, that'll work fine. But for a theater, it's going to be installed over the long term. You know, ETC is, is good stuff. Um, and so that is my recommendation there as well. So DJ Rang wrote in and said, Hi there, I've been watching your Light Shark videos and wanted to see how are you enjoying the board a year down the line. Do I use it regularly uh, for events? Uh, you're considering it for a mobile wedding rig to run four Blizzard movers, a Hazer, and some 40 Blizzard uplights. Do I have a video of me running lights, etc. with it? Um, yeah, you know, inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, I've got some stuff with me running lights on. Uh, truth be told, DJ Rang, and I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way, I've been in a place where I haven't used the light shark on um, a lot of, you know, per se, real shows. And the reason why is, you know, I'm at this point right now, you know, in this business, in the learning stage lighting, where I'm almost full time. So if I do a show, it's like I want it to be really worth my time, um, which means I pretty much do, you know, like high quality corporate events. And that's not to say that um, uh, a wedding or a DJ show isn't high quality. It's just, you know, I try to, you know, I've been doing this for a while. I, I get a good rate. And so with the corporates, you know, I'm, it, I'm able to bring in, you know, a good amount of money for the day that it, it, you know, that it requires me to be there. So with that said, um, I haven't used it on a lot of shows, but I use it often here at home, um, playing stuff and working with it and working with students. And, you know, I still like it. Um, I'm also, I got to disclose this, that I'm working with WorkPro, the guys who make it, and I'm starting to do some support for them and some more videos directly for them. But I still like the console. 
Um, the most recent software version has had a couple bugs in it, but it also included some new features that are really powerful. And I know they're working to iron those out right now. Um, I think it's got a great future and I'm excited about it. I like using them and I've had some students use them and they're, they're happy with them. And so um, like I've had somebody recently who's been automating um, a live music show with his and also using it to just play live with a live music show. And he's been really happy with it um, once we, we got through the basics and, and learned how to use it. So uh, yeah, inside the labs, I've got more videos on it. I show you how to set it up for different types of events, such as DJ um, type events and show you how I would run things live on it. And so I've got all that stuff in there. Obviously, that's a little deeper than I can give away for free just because, you know, at the end of the day, like we talk about a lot on this podcast, I love doing this. I love helping people. It's so much fun, but I also have kids and a family, right? You know, I got to feed them. And so at the end of the day, um, that stuff is in the labs as well. And I would definitely check that out. DJ Rang at learningstagelighting.com slash labs. Whew. Andrew writes in and says, I'm using a Leviton, um, formerly known as NSI, N3008 controller and 5-pin DMX cabling to 4 K9 Bulldog LED PAR 64 RGBW fixtures. Um, and then you ask, um, does the Leviton console have the ability to control each of the four LED fixtures individually? Um, if not, does it have the ability to do, control two separate fixtures um, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so far, I haven't been able to get far, etc. So basically, you know, you're looking at a uh, N3008. These used to be super popular. Um, so I'm very familiar with them. And um, oh, is this the really basic one? This is. Okay. So here's the deal. You get eight DMX channels starting at one. And this console in particular is one through eight. Okay, so you basically, they have a scene memory, and I think if you use the scene mode, you only get um, four channels, and then you get four scenes. So to get two different looks on it with RGBW lights, you're definitely going to have to have it in the channel mode, where you get those eight individual channels. Then you want to take your K9 Bull LED PAR. I'm not super familiar with that particular model, but they're an RGBW LED, so... My Spidey Sense tells me that you're going to be able to put that in a four-channel mode where the DMX control is red, green, blue, white, and those are the four channels. Okay, Andrew? So then you could address, set the DMX address on the two units that you want to come up first as address one, and then address five as the second unit. So the it would go red, green, blue, white for the first unit, and then red, green, blue, white for the second unit. Um, unfortunately, this basic controller is not going to be able to do more than two sets of fixtures like that, but you can still address two of them to one, two of them to five, and get that control in the eight-channel mode. Um, the reason why you, you definitely had trouble with the manual on this is because consoles like this were designed before LEDs, and they're not designed to run LEDs. So in the manual, they don't think about LEDs. They don't talk about it. They just assume you've got um, good old conventional lights on dimmers. And so it will work with the LEDs, but it's um, it's going to be fairly limited and you're only going to be able to control two sets of them. Awesome. Peter says, I appreciate the emails. I've just been super busy. Um, basically, I'm trying to learn the ins and outs of stage lighting. There's a big band that I'm friends with that has an opening to go on tour with them in March. They said, basically, 
uh, how to run the lights, I might have a, if I can learn how to run the lights, I might have a job. Where do I start? Awesome, Peter. So I wrote you back quick because this came in the other day. Um, but gosh, man, I mean, learn stage lighting labs would be great for you because it shortcuts your way. It, it turns you, you know, gets you all the knowledge in there that you would need to start from literally no information and learn how to light for bands. You know, I don't, I get some people in there that are, that are, that are going to be professionals. Um, a lot of my people in there are hobbyists, but I've got the training in there for you to learn what to do. Now let's talk about the nuts and bolts, whether you become a labs member or not. Um, you got to decide because you said here, if you can learn how to run the lights. So what does that involve with this particular band? Okay. You know, and you might have to ask some questions or, or maybe you know this. Okay. Do they own the lights in the console? And you just come into every venue, set your stuff up, run it, and go. Because that's not, you know, that's on the easier end to learn because you get the same stuff every day. You just have to make it conform to the particular stage, and then you're good to go if, you know, you know once you make it all fit. But a lot of times, smaller bands like this, you might just carry some of the lights in a console. Or you might just be a guy and you have to use the house rig and work with the house operator and whatever console they have and program the rig. Or my, my favorite, if you're just the guy, is you carry a console or a PC-based setup so that you can bring in your file, match it up with the house's lights, and make your show happen on their lights, okay, using a process called cloning um, in professional lighting consoles, such as Onyx, which you can run just off your PC, um, which is great. So... There's a lot of unanswered questions here, Peter, I know, but you got to figure that out first, right? What do they mean exactly by running lights for this band? Like, uh, you know, are you carrying stuff not using your console? That's obviously anytime you use your console, that's less to learn. Or are you trying to learn just, okay, how to take notes, write down what you need programmed so that you can work with the house guy every day to get that stuff programmed and then you can learn how to sit at any console and play back those things you've pre-recorded. So again, depending on all of that stuff, I've got action plans that teach you um, all those different ways of running things within Learn Stage Lighting Labs. So I'd really, I'd really suggest checking it out at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. Uh, that would be a huge help uh, to you, I think, especially with, you know, just having like six months to get rolling. Um, obviously with anything, you know, the first show or two might be rough, but if you want to keep your job, you know, you definitely want to do a great job and be well prepared and, and we can we can help you out there um, in the labs. So Devin said, love your YouTube channel. I have Onyx software at my church. Someone else set it up. I went to add a new fixture to the existing groups. I'm so lost. I have a venue par 64 I'm trying to add. Can you help, please? Uh, yeah, I can, Devin. Here's some tips. Okay. So obviously what I don't know here is what's pre-programmed. And what lights do you already have? Okay. But regardless, we can get this new light in. There's a few ways we could do that. Okay. The most likely way to get this done is go ahead and look in the manual about a feature called clone or cloning. Okay. At support.obsidiancontrol.com. Because what you'll do is you'll go ahead, you can follow my free YouTube video or go inside the labs and get my complete guide, Onyx for the Complete Newbie. Um, and you'll patch your new light the venue par 64 in whatever mode you're running it in. You'll patch that light into Onyx. But then what you'll do is you'll identify a light that you want to copy or clone all the information from to that new light. Okay. 
Um, and then you'll go ahead, you'll run that clone, and then the new light will do whatever the old light that you matched it to did, but you can edit it into the future to do different things. Now, if you have an existing venue, PAR64, and you literally just want it to always match the same thing that that old one did, you can literally just set it to the same DMX address and they will always react the same and you don't have to program a thing. Just look on the back of the unit, match up all the menu settings between the two, and they'll do the exact same thing all the time. DMX is cool like that, uh, the, the protocol DMX, in that it doesn't care if multiple lights are set to the same address. You can literally just pop it in there, have another light, do it in the same thing as the other light, um, and you'd be good to go. Now, of course... That might seem limiting, and I get that because it is, because you can't change it, you can't add to it, but in the future, maybe you started that way. You just address it the same as some other light. But then you start going through the tutorials, coming up to speed with Onyx, and you say, you know what? Yeah, I want to get more control. Well, then you go ahead and you, you say, okay, then I'm going to go ahead and clone it, address it to something different, and have control over it in the future. So it doesn't all have to happen at once, Devin. Um, so I hope that helps you, man. Um, so, whew. A lot of questions today, guys. Thanks for hanging in there. If you've listened to this all the way, thank you. Um, and also, remember, guys, Patreon. Um, this is my way that I want to sponsor this podcast, and I want the community to do it. So we've been growing. We get, you know, about 30 bucks a month right now, which, you know, if I spend an hour doing two podcasts myself, then my assistant spends an hour, then we pay for hosting, you know, that's like $5 an hour. Um, but it's a start. And I'm so appreciative for those such as Taz and all the other names that I mentioned at the top of the show that are our supporters on Patreon. You guys are awesome. Um, thank you. And um, if you want to join them, check out learnstagelighting.com slash Patreon. I, I really think that that will help you a lot. And I, you know, I want to help you, man. So I hope you guys are having a great day where you are. I hope you take something that you learned today and make better lighting with it. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Make sure you're subscribed here to the podcast. See ya. Thanks.